Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday show. Hopefully you are doing okay. Hopefully you're not trying to cough on yourself like I am. (laughs) Jeez, that's always fun. Let's start and have, have that problem. Oh, my God. Anyways, let me flip over here and say welcome to the Break the Cycle with DSD show. I am your host, Dwayne. I am not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you who is... Went through a difficult experience, and as a result of that, developed some uh, techniques that I use to basically get my life back that I share with you to help you do the same. Break that cycle of toxic abuse, and if you have kids, strengthen and rebuild the relationship you have with your kids. Minimize the damage. (laughs) Remember, only a licensed professional can diagnose an individual with a personality disorder. So, So leave those terms to the professionals. Unless you're in a closed environment or talking to somebody that you super trust, just be careful. You don't want to get, you don't want to hurt your own credibility by going around diagnosing your ex or people with personality disorders because it tends to erode our own uh, uh, credibility. If you like what's going on here, please consider subscribing and ringing the bell notification. So hopefully YouTube will tell you what's going on, but you can also support by becoming a channel member by going over to youtube.com slash divorce, looking for that join button, looking at the different tiers. And when you do that, you get special badges, custom emojis, your name listed in the credits, and access to member-only events, which there is one coming up this weekend. So check that out. If you want to get a text notification when this show goes live, just text DSD Live to 844-598-0012, 844-598-0012. And speaking of phone numbers, you can also call in to participate in today's show if it's live and you're not listening to the replay or the podcast. And you can do that by dialing 1424-373-5483, 1424-DSD-LIVE. Now, for those people who are listening to this on the replay or on the podcast and you want to get your question in or you want to participate but you can't whenever we're live, you can still call that number, leave a message, And I can play it during the show and answer your question then. So that is also an option. So how are you guys doing today? Let's see. I moved my windows around hoping that maybe it might might make things work better for me today. Uh, Again, it's good to start the day off with some coffee. Topic I do, I have a topic I'm going to get to in a moment, but let me just double check where we're at, make sure everything is working correctly. Excuse me. Um, All right. Uh, If you guys have a question for me, I just want to say this uh, in the live chat. Do the at DSD tag thing and just put a Q and a colon or a Q and a dash just to kind of denote it as a question. It'll make it easier for me to try to... uh, to, to discern exactly what's going on. So, all right, I'm just looking at the chat here for a moment. All right, I'm going to just jump into this. This actually, I had some coaching calls yesterday. And I'll just, just to throw that out there, if you're, if you're looking to get with me and actually talk with me, I mean, you can do the Discord, you can do email and stuff, but if you really need answers, then 
the the best <clears throat> the best thing is just to book time. And I and I know that you know there's money involved in that and everything, but I mean that is the way to really make sure you you get my undivided attention. It's really difficult for me to one off. Every once in a while, seeing things will happen where I'll be able to 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 get with somebody offline on one of the different platforms. But you know, as things ramp up and work ramps up, it makes it a lot more complicated. And as things are progressing, my schedule is just getting more and more, more and more packed. So anyway, so this, but this did kind of come out of uh, some of the calls I had yesterday. It was a trend through a bunch of, uh, a bunch of different people. And I, I, and this is trusting your gut and really reading the signs of what's going on. And I know that can sound, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I know that can sound just kind of like, oh yeah, that's, of course, trust your gut. But it it really is true. And there's nuances in it that that are tough because, as and I'll go through this when I, the, the last item on it, is where you really have to uh, discern what what you're actually seeing and feeling. And, and what I mean by this is, you know, first of all, we often get into the mode where we second guess everything. We second guess reality. You're making excuses. You're looking at a situation and it's like it doesn't feel right. Your gut's telling you that it's wrong, but you don't want to believe it. It doesn't fit the reality that you want to believe, so you ignore it. What will often happen is, is once you're done in this situation, or once you're, I don't know, done's not the right word, but once you've gone through one of these experiences, you're out of the narcissistic fog, the veil has been lifted, and you start looking back, you're like, holy crap, the signs were all there. And I can, I can look at my own situation, and what I just said is true. And when I first had that epiphany, it was like, oh my God. I saw this when we were dating. I saw this whenever we, when I joined the military and we were only conversing remotely. I mean, there were multiple times where my gut was screaming at me that you're making a mistake. But I, I wanted the fantasy. What I thought I wanted to love my, I wanted all the, the, what wasn't real or what I thought, but basically what I thought was real, that all the warning signs I, I just shut off. It's like if you turn around and you're like, okay, well, I don't, it, I guess another analogy would be like this. You're driving your car and the check engine light comes on and you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. Cars, it's running fine, you know? And then someone tells you, hey man, you got like black smoke coming out your car. And you're like, eh, you know, and you just, you don't want to deal with it. So you, you just keep letting it go. Now, and and this actually is not a bad analogy because the longer you let something go, the worse it gets. You know, it's like, Hey, the indicator comes on to tell you something's wrong. You ignore it. Then some other, you know, some other light maybe pops on. You ignore that. And by the time you get to the point where it really becomes, where it's like, you can't ignore it anymore. It's a complete colossal disaster. And typically, you know, the pain I will talk about the pocketbook pain on that, not necessarily emotional pain, but with the car analogy that uh, you just, it just gets worse and worse and worse. 
So, I mean, we get into this mode where you want to believe what you think is real instead of what is real. And you have to look at those signs. You have to look at the reality of what's actually going on. Now, here's the thing. When you're in a situation where you have a person who is love bombing you, mirroring you, is, is laser-like focused on what makes you tick and is drip feeding you all those things that, you, that you're looking for, it's really hard to look away from that. We all want the, the perfect person. We all want the person who, com, you know, who, who compliments. I'll say compliments us instead of completes us. But somebody who, who really gets, you know, somebody who gets you, who understands you, who, who, who likes what you like, who, who you, you can look at and go, all right, you know, here's a person that we can team together to build a life. And, and, and we have the same basic interests and the ba- same basic philosophy. And, and you, you build this illusion up in your head and in your heart that you ignore the signs. Now, now let me, let me just be clear. There's a possibility that you can meet somebody that is that, that does hit those bolt, those, those things and it's real. But the thing is, is there's ways to, to figure that out. There's ways to discern what's re, what's real, what's reality, what's real, what's re, what's in reality and what is fake. The, the problem is when you have a problem with your own, with your self-worth, with boundaries, with val- being able to self-validate yourself, which basically falls in with, with your self-worth, it makes it really tough. Because if you're looking for that perfect puzzle piece to fit right in with you and make your, your, your I keep going back to the car analogy, you know, your engine run smooth, you really want that. But it can make you blind to what's really going on. And to a T, I will say that from, from person after person after person that I've spoke to, that I've coached, that I've interacted with, with email, the, the reoccurring trend, especially when they're outside of this, is they saw the signs. It didn't feel right. Maybe even people that they knew in their lives said, man, do you really want to do that? Is, is she or is he really who you're going to you know, hit your wagon to, so to speak. It's just really hard to, to see it whenever you're in the moment. Here's the deal. When your intuition or your gut is telling you something is wrong, you have to believe it. At the very least, you have to investigate it. You have to take, you have to say, huh, this doesn't feel right. Let me, you know, flip over the, the, the rug to see what's underneath there. The, the sad part is, and this is, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about this right now, and I, and I know how I fell into this back, back in the early days. The problem was, or the problem is, is you get to the point where you're like, oh, crap. What if I don't like what I see when I flip it over? You know, my, my gut's telling me this is wrong. And if I, if I investigate and I prove to myself it is wrong, then I'm going to lose this. And I mean, the sad part is 
it would have been so much easier for all of us to figure that out early on and say, oh, crap, no, this isn't, this isn't right. Maybe this person is, is somebody that could be a friend, but they're not somebody that should be the friend that's in my inner circle. They're not somebody that deserves to be in a romantic relationship with me. The reality is we have to work on ourselves. We have to put the time in to where it's easier for us to trust our intuition, that we don't need some external person to make our life happy. We make our life happy. You make your own life happy. It's not dependent upon another person. Another person can help complement your life and another person can destroy your life. But don't give your power away. And when you do work on yourself and you spend that time, it's so much easier to trust your intuition, your gut, your heart, which is like the best defense or the best barricade to protect yourself from these situations. And the last thing I'll just say on this is that just because you've been going down a path for a year, for five years, for 10 years, for two, two decades, doesn't mean you have to keep going the same way. You can easily get into that mode where you're like, well, this is the way I picked to go. This is the way I'm going. I just, I, this is just my life. No. We all have the opportunity every day that we get up to say, okay, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to improve my life. I'm going to not live in this shadow of chaos any longer. And that is my my rant for this morning. Trust your gut, guys. You know, trust your intuition. It's uh it's there. And it's um you know, it's just hard to it's hard to hear sometimes even when it's screaming at you. So let's see here. I'm going to try to make this a little bit bigger. Oh, crap, I hit the wrong button. I don't know what I just did. That's what happens whenever I uh uh, I'm not paying attention or not have my keyboard pushed up. Uh, moderator Debbie has some comments here hit, highlighted. So let me see what's going on. Yeah, let me grab this. Where is your comment T solo so I can highlight it. So it says, my ex last night said to my daughter when I picked her up for our four, uh, when I picked her up for our 14 year old, I'm sorry, I'm assuming you're saying your 14 year old daughter basically looks like your ex said to your daughter when you picked her up that, uh, quote, I wish you didn't have to go back and forth. Should I ignore this? We have 50, 50, uh, if you're saying, should you ignore it with the ex, you could, all right, so 
If you want to, you could send her a note or you could say, hey, pumpkin, that's really inappropriate to say around our children. You know, is it going to change anything? Nope. Uh, the worry you need, you have, actually, I'm really surprised she's doing that in front of you because that's actually, uh, pretty inappropriate. And typically they will be less obvious that they're doing it. The, the reality is it depends on how, it, how it's affecting your 14 year old daughter. If, uh, if she's now saying, yeah, it's so, it's so confusing going back and forth. My, mine actually did do this with, but our schedule was that stupid two, two, four. So every Monday and Tuesday, they were with mom every Wednesday and Thursday, they were with me. And then they rotated weekends. That was kind of a pain, but I mean, we did it for uh, what, eight, eight and a half years or what, nine years, maybe I'm trying to remember the schedule, but, but you know, so for basically eight years, it wasn't until we switched a week on week, week to week as a result of COVID. So if you T solo, if you're seeing an issue with your daughter, then you need to address it with your daughter. If your daughter's not being influenced by it, then I would I wouldn't engage on it because it's not it's not accomplishing anything. Just be be very aware of what's going on and just keep your eyes open. Um, you know what I have a a, a a caller who says that it says check mark current topic. So let me uh, go to area code six seven eight. Hello and welcome to the show. Dwayne, how you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, Techmore. <clears throat> how you? What's going on, Techmore? Yeah, I'm good, man. Hey, uh, uh, just a quick. It's just a uh, a quick thing. So late last night, I was. Um, I have other feeds that I watch, and uh, it's just been a, uh, a guest you could you could possibly get on based on some of the top, topics you're talking about. Um, so, uh, it's a lady you had on before. I think she's a lawyer out of Arizona called Command the, uh, the Courtroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wendy Hernandez, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and she had someone on, and I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. I just, I just got busy. But she had an interesting guest on called uh, see, Yit, Yitz Ep, Epstein, you know, Y-I-T-Z, then Epstein, E-P-S-T-I-E-N. Yeah, I've heard no about relation that. To yeah. The, 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 the infamous Epstein. But it's pretty interesting because he, uh, again, I'm always pinging you. I'm like, hey, solutions, 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 you know. And, and, uh, I didn't see the whole show. You know, I think it's like an hour, but they kind of, <clears throat> and I was kind of surprised by this, but it was more along the lines of, <clears throat> and we've talked about this before, as that stuff that doesn't really pertain. It's more like, well, I can't get over my ex and I'm so concerned about my ex and <clears throat> for people like you and me and others, cause I always cheer when you're like, I don't care about my ex. I mean, you know, it's, it's like the whole black hole thinking, but yeah. I was, I, and I haven't watched the whole show, but anyway, I was hoping they would have gone, gone into like, Hey, I have 50, 50. And I have to deal with this person. I can't stand him or her or whatever. And I have a child. How do you negotiate that with the constant, you know, the false allegations, the no accountability, the this and this and this and this and this. And I, and I don't know if they talked about it. But anyway, I was thinking if you put, if you put him on your show, obviously that, that we'd cut right to the chase within like five minutes, you know. So it was just a, 
No, I'll, other, I'll, uh, you know. I'll add that to the list yeah. and, and start uh, seeing if I can uh, coordinate that. So yeah, thanks for the suggestion. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. I'm always trying to, 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 to help out the community because it's, you know, for you're like, like I've said before, you're the only really show or only really person out there that, you know, busy, like all of us, it takes an hour out of your day that, you know, it kind of focuses on like how to navigate this versus pining yeah. over the X, trying to get, legis- trying to get legislation, legislation change, which, which would be good. But I hope Mark and the guys I know are going to do that. But for people that, you know, they have a 50, 50, we're juggling businesses and all this other stuff. We don't have a lot of time. Just how to like, you know, I got, I got 11 years to deal with this, with this individual. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a, again, a, solution topic type thing that's all yeah yeah so. no cool i appreciate it thanks for calling man i appreciate it cool doing you bet later man bye yeah i appreciate that that's now that now that's a way to make sure i hear something there's two ways you can call in <laughs> or a, a, a super chat that does a pretty good job of, of making things light up over here as well but on that let me let me go back through because there were some other things uh okay i'm not gonna do that one Let's see. I just just goes on with what I was saying before. Bears has said uh, I saw many signs that they increasingly became more blatant. They were many exit opportunities that I rejected. See that that's a good way. That is that's spot on. I mean that's kind of what I was saying with the car thing. It's like you know the the alarms keep going off. Things keep ch- uh, not changing, but things keep uh, trying to let us know what is really going on and how we need to adjust what uh what we're doing whoops hold on oh, that's not going to work i'm trying to make windows around so i can see things well, who wants to be able to see things that just doesn't make it make it easy oh shit let me see if i can find this one where shell the crab says, uh, have mediation soon. I have requested that it is conducted with us in separate virtual rooms to avoid risk of emotional triggering and stay on track. Mediator mediator attempted to influence me against this. Yeah, I think the problem is, is because, and remember, a lot of people don't understand, understand the effects of, of this type of thing. And they think that you're, blowing it out of proportion. So the, the, I can see why the, the mediator wants you both in the same room to be able to read, you know, read the cues and not be going, not basically playing the telephone game going back and forth. So see here, here's the problem. I'm not, uh, first, let me just say this. I get what you're saying. I, uh, when I had to, when, when I had to be around the X, especially in the early days, it gave me nothing but panic attacks to the point that when we actually went to our first mediation, first and only mediation meeting that we were forced to go to, we went into the room and then when they put us outside, they basically, they had two chairs right next to each other, next to the door. Their kids went in because the mediator wanted to discuss or wanted to talk to the children. And I literally moved my chair to the other side just so there was room. And partly that was because of all the allegations that the ex was saying. This is, see, this is what doesn't make any sense. 
the ex was trying to say that I was angry, that I was abusive, that I was violent, but she could sit right next to next to me and be friendly. It's like, I mean, I wanted, I, I wanted to be away from her. I didn't trust her. So I would have wanted the same thing. I mean, I, I think the one nice thing about COVID right now, if you could call it that, is that a lot of these meetings are through Zoom. So you physically don't have to be in the same room with the person. So, but anyways, you know, I mean, you put it out there, you ask the question. They're probably not really set up for that. That's normally not how mediation goes. So they may not even have the facilities for it. And just be, I mean, technically, you know, I mean, just be cautious. You know, I mean, if, if, if it's, if you can't get around that, which if you're doing it in person, you probably won't be able to, then just go in, go in with what you, what you're going for, throw it out there. You know, I want this. They're going to say they want that. If there's no wiggle room to get close to an agreement, then the mediation's over. You at least need to, at least in good faith, attempt it though. Um, if you have an attorney, just double check with them to make sure what can and cannot be used against you out of the mediation. So, all right, let me look and see what else is going on. Okay, I've I've caught up with what moderator Debbie has sent to me. So let me see what else is going on in the conversation. So. Lee says, uh, and haven't seen you around in a while, Lee. Good to see you back. Uh, in a mediation meeting with my ex, the mediator wanted us to both to say something nice about the other person. After that, we've been getting along well. I think me saying something nice about her helped. Huh. I, as I was reading that, I wasn't sure where that was going to go. And that was not. So, Lee, let me ask you this, man. How long ago was that? And how have, and you know, how have things been since? And one of the caveats that I'll say on that, and I've heard people having very, uh, various degrees of success with that type of, type of, uh, approach. I'll say approach. And that's, If you can scratch the itch of a narcissist, you can give them a little bit of supply. Sometimes they calm down. Now, to be, you know, perfectly honest, I have never been able to do that. Whenever, for me, whenever the, you know, when the mask fell, when the fog lifted and I realized that Two decades of my life had been spent living a fantasy life. I was a little frustrated, to say the least. And giving the ex any more attention, supply, I didn't know about supply at the time, was just something I refused to do. 
So I can't tell you had I had the, and I don't know, you know, today I might've tried different things. I might've been able to understand, well, I mean, today there's been so much time. So I understand, I understand what I'm dealing with. I understand the behavioral patterns and I'm just more distance or separated from the pain and the hurt. I guess technically it's still there, but the reality is, is that maybe had I tried that type of technique, maybe it would have, maybe it would have worked for me. You know I mean? Because every time I would try to interact with the ex in the early days of this, it was all based on wanting some type of accountability, some type of acknowledgement, an apology, I mean, something, and she refused to do that. Which, I mean, that's the way she's always been. In my situation, the ex is super stubborn. I know I've mentioned to you guys, and I've said this to other people as well. You know, if I had said to her, hey, pumpkin, the house is on fire, we need to leave, her response typically would be, would have been, you don't tell me what to do. I'm not leaving. I'll leave when I'm ready to leave, you know. Obviously, I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but that is how it felt. Let me see if Lee said anything else. <laughs> I like this. Merge says, Lee, want to swap exes? Sounds like a dream. Yeah, and, and the, the reality is it depends. Okay, let me, let me clarify this. The reality is, is it depends on what is the motivation of your ex. If... If all they want is you to pat them on the head and be nice to them, then yeah, you could have that type of situation. If they if they want to be the victim, you to be the enemy, and their supply has nothing to do with you, it's how everyone else treats them and gives them, you know, oh, you poor thing, you know, oh, can I come help you? Can I... Uh, you know, can I come fix something for you? You know, here, that type of thing. Then you're screwed and there's nothing you're going to be able to do. And even if you tried to do something like that, it's going to just backfire because that's not what their motivation is. But I can honestly say that I, I didn't necessarily try that. Well, maybe I'm, uh, you know what, let me back up. I'm trying to think. I don't think the mediator did it, but, but, um, Custody evaluator might, when they were doing the evaluation, they might have said, well, what's a, you know, that, that might have been one of the questions of what's a positive from the ex. <clears throat> and I probably, I would have said back then, I would have said, um, uh, she likes to cook. Which I guess technically, I don't, I don't know what you said nice about your ex, uh, Lee, but, but hey, you know what? The, the thing is, is that whatever any one of us can do to turn the, turn the tide on this to, to uh, get our lives to calm the hell down is incredibly helpful. Hold on, I think I see Lee just said something. So he says, to be fair, we also haven't had that much to argue about. If I wouldn't try to go from weekend to 50-50, I'm sure we would be, oh, wait a minute, if I would try to go from weekends to 50-50, I'm sure we'd be arguing again. But right now, I live well, okay. See, then you're basically giving her what the solution she wanted, right? So if if uh, you basically said, "Yeah, I'll be the weekend dad," 
And hey, dude, there's nothing wrong. If that's what works for you and that's what you can do, that's fine. You know, obviously, I mean, sometimes the reality is it's just 50-50 doesn't work. And if you've made your peace with that or if that's the, that works for you, that's okay. So, I mean, in some ways, you know, maybe, if depending on how much of a nasty ex you're dealing with, if they just are like, okay, fine, you know, you're the built-in babysitter so that they have a every other weekend to themselves, then maybe you're not going to have them trying to undermine you from, you know, day one. So, all right, let me grab this one. Shell, it said, uh, mediators have confirmed they can facilitate several, let me try that again. They can facilitate separate virtual rooms, but emphasized has to, emphasized? Has to be agreed by, oh, emphasized has to be agreed to by both. And it said it reduces chances of resolution if only they understood. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. So, so I guess the thing is, is you throw it out there and if your ex agrees with it, then at least you have that going on for you. So our brand, thank you, sir. With the super chat says my narc ex took compliments as weakness and a twisted way for her to validate the evil she's done. <laughs> oh my God. That doesn't surprise me, man. You know, I, I think the thing is, you've heard me talk about fly, fix, fly, try something. If it works, if you're able to have a resolution like Lee was talking about outstanding, if you're like the 90 or 80% of the rest of us where it's used against you, like our brand is discussing, then just realize you don't need to do that anymore. I guess I shouldn't laugh, but I don't know how many times I, you know, the, we would get to this point where it's like, okay, it seemed like things would calm down and it's like, oh, thank God, you know, all right, she's going to be a human. And I would lower my defenses. I would try to kind of like go back to my normal, normal thing. And the second, the second that she felt that things had gone back to norm, to quote unquote normal, it would, she would jab me. I mean, she would go, boop. Actually, it was more like, boop, 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 boop. Just freaking in my eye. I did that. I went back to the trough a few times on that, hoping that maybe this would be the time. But after a while, it just got, okay, I, this person is not going to change. It's not going to get any better. I can't keep doing this to myself. And I stopped. I was having a conversation with my youngest, my 15-year-old, and we were talking about um, the schedule, switching to, you know, week on, week off. Because she had actually asked for that, my youngest, years before. But the problem is I finally got to the point where I'm like, look, I am so sick of trying to, to, to discuss something with your mom just for her to say no because she has the power of the N.O. And it, 
You know, the kids don't understand it. And the only reason, I mean, really the only reason that she agreed, I think, is that the kids were saying, yeah, you know, and when I say kids, I mean the 15-year-old and the 21-year-old because he still transitions. I'll make a video about that some other day. Where they both wanted, they, they both wanted to do that. So, and actually the way that transpired is we were sitting out doing our social distancing visit in the driveway of my house because the kids were here. And we were, I think I brought up, you know, hey, it looks like a situation to where we can start going back and forth between the houses. Why don't we do week on, week off? And I remember I said I wanted to do Monday to Monday. Because I fit in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if school did go back in session, at least the transitions are, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be anywhere near her. And the kids are like, no, we want it Sunday to Sunday. And I'm like, oh my God. Now, you know, now it's like every weekend I have to be, be back here at six on Sunday. But for the kids, it was like, well, it's easier to transfer, transfer our stuff back and forth whenever we're not going to school or like for my son to, you know, if he went to college that day on the bus and then have to come, it's just, I get the reasoning. I agreed with it. I'm glad I did because to be honest, it's uh, definitely made my life easier just being week on week off. But to roll this back, when I was talking to, to my daughter, she's like, well, I've been trying to get you guys to do it forever. And I'm like, and I'm just, it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's like this stupid freaking stalemate. And, and who knows, you know, maybe at that time, had I asked the question way back, you know, a few years ago, maybe the ex would have said yes. And, but the ex was not going to instigate it. The ex was not going to ask the question of me. That's, and that's what I told my, uh, my daughter. I said, I don't care if you want to go week on week off or week to week, I have no problem with it. Just get your mom to ask. Now, granted, I'm, that's, I'm putting the child in the middle, but this is after years of me trying, you know, what would happen is, and a typical scenario would be something would come up, my, my youngest would come up to me and say, Daddy, I want to do this event at school on, your, on Mommy's Day. Can you, take, you know, can you make it happen? I'm like, all right, you really want to do it? Yeah. So I would, uh, you know, cookity-clack, you know, dear Satan, comma, uh, child what, would like to be a part of this event. Can I pick them up, pick them up, yada, yada. Typically what would happen is either it would come back N-O. I mean, that's, that's all I would get. I would get reply, capital letters, no. Or what would happen is they would wait. The ex would wait. This is the, the one I can remember the most was it was a uh, after school program or summer program. That's what it was. It was summer camp. They were going to go someplace super cool. I don't know, like the planetarium down in L.A. or something. I don't remember where it was. Hey, you know, daughter wants to do this and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting for an answer. And at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, 
of the day I would have had to have done it, I get an email, oh, thank you for your interest, but we have other plans. You know, then later, I'm like, uh, you know, ask my youngest, it's like, hey, what, uh, what happened? Oh, we went to the library. So, I mean, it just got to the point where it's like, you know, that's what I told my youngest. It's like, look, every time you say you want to do something with me, I stick my neck out. I get slammed down. Then you say you don't want to do it. Or you say you want to do something different. And I'm tired of it. I'm not going to do it anymore. The problem is, is that in those situations, it gets so damn uh, triggering that... Um, it makes it super tough because it's not simple, right? I mean, it's not like one of those things where, hey, it's no big deal. Let me just ask the question. It's, it brings up all the other emotions. It's not just, oh, hey, oh, man, that would have been great, but we already had plans, right? It's not that. I mean, if I would have sent the thing and it was like, oh, crap, we've been planning this thing. I told everyone they were going to be there. Our kid was going to be there. You know, let me check or, man, it just isn't going to work. Okay, fine. But this, this like, okay, let me hold it and not say anything and wait till the last second to where even if the answer was yes, you know, so that's the thing. I mean, it's like it was maximized my stress and anxiety. Not knowing, do I have to get up early? Do I have to get the, get the kids? Do I need to take the day off? I mean, you know, you're sitting there in this, in this limbo state. And then at the last second, they say whatever the answer is going to be. So... That's why I wouldn't, um, when it came to that, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to do it. I am not. I refuse. You know? Anyways. All right, I'm going to go to, there's another caller, area code 704. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Uh, good. First, I just wanted to uh, thank you for the service you provide. Um, Thanks. I think, you know, you're definitely an example of taking your pain and making it a great example for me to try to help other people through this process. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, my question has to deal with, um, uh, I've been divorced almost three years now. Things are on, I guess, pretty amicable terms. I mean, we don't really talk except about the logistics with the kids. I have 50% custody, uh, two boys. Did you uh, say 15 oldest, or 50? 50. 50%. 50, 50 okay. 50. okay. One okay. week on, one, one week on, one week off. And uh, I remember in one of your streams, you had talked about the day of transition. Yeah. Don't try to expect too much. Um, and just to kind of lay low, which uh, was very helpful advice. Um, mm. My thing is, uh, you know, my, my ex-wife is uh, very manipulative, especially with the kids. And uh, I, I heard you talking about with Debbie, every time you guys would do an activity uh, that was really fun, and they would come back to you a week later and suddenly they didn't like the activity. Yeah. And I guess my question is, um, especially in times of uh, COVID, when we're all kind of together, um, my oldest son's really kind of disengaged from me. But especially...
especially when he comes back from his mom, uh, the first few days are always a, a tough transition. And, uh, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, he just doesn't really want to ever hang out with me anymore. How old and, is he? I uh, would rather, uh, he's going to be 15. So I know a lot of that might be his age right. as well. Um, just wondering, I know you have a couple of older kids, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to pressure them too much with trying to do things. Um, like, I mean, for example, this sounds pretty dumb, but, uh, you know, I, I had asked my older son if he wanted to watch the new Borat movie, and we had talked about that, and uh, he wound up, he said, he said no, he wasn't going to watch it, um, or maybe he'd watch it next time, but then he wound up watching it with his mom. So sometimes it's like little things like that come up where uh choose to do activities with her, and I don't want him to have to choose between us uh, and make it like a competition. Right. But, um, uh, I don't know. I guess my question is just kind of managing, uh, the time I have with them and, uh, you know, uh, at dealing with more, my, my ex is much more of a covert yeah. manipulator than overt. So what I would say on that is, I mean, one, like the whole thing with the movie, not wanting to watch it with you and watching it with the ex this is where that black hole thinking really needs to come in that uh, comes into play because whatever they do at the other house needs to be like, you just need to just basically ignore it and just not even look at it and not, you know, I mean, I mean, unless he comes back and goes, Oh yeah, I didn't want to watch the movie with you, but I watched it with mommy and man, that was funny. That would be annoying if he was doing that. Um, but, uh, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be asking the question like, Hey, did you ever see that movie or anything like that? And I used to do stuff like that because it was just like, I just wanted to feel the pain. It seemed like the second part on that. I mean, one part of what you're talking about is a little bit, uh, age related. Like my 15, my current 15 year old does stuff like that. It's like, well, hide out in their room and just be completely disconnected from everybody. But then there's still things that, that we do. Uh, either we'll make dinner together or, you know, they'll come out and we'll, I mean, if I'm doing something, you know, just work on her art next to me or something, or, or a lot of times what, I, what my kids typically like to do, especially the girls is just to go on a trip, you know, like, like to go to the store, you know, I mean, just, it's like, Hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Do you want to go? And, you know, like for, for 80% of the time, the answer will be yes. Sometimes the answer is no. And I guess what I'm saying is, is just try to find something that you can connect with your, uh, your son with, and it doesn't, it, all it has to be is something where you're spending time together, right? You know, where you can actually just talk or shoot the crap, you know, that type of thing. And as long as you're not seeing a complete degradation where it's like, I hate you, dad, you're the worst dad ever. And, and, you know, let me break your stuff in your house just to try to make your life miserable if you're not dealing with it with that regard, then be cautious on how you look at it. I know the problem is it's so easy. Well, let me first, let me say this. The likelihood that your covert narcissistic ex-wife is plant, you know, incepting ideas into your son's head that are making things complicated. Yeah, that's absolutely happening, right? But if we respond that way, all we're going to do is make it worse right? We're going to be, almost make it come true. 
So you have to be really careful about that because you can find yourself in a situation where you're actually actively helping to undermine and alienate your child against yourself just by the, the subtle things that the ex is doing with how our response is and how it basically, cause see this, let me, let me just reword this a different way. What ends up happening is, is your ex is trying to basically paint a picture of how you are probably covertly, right? Not, not overtly, not saying, you know, Hey, your dad does X, but it's just planting that seed of doubt. And then if you start doing that same behavior, then the kid starts thinking that that is that what they're being told is true. So, I mean, I guess that the short version is just try to find something else that you guys can do together that, that he likes to, your son likes to do that you can both do. I mean, if that's camping, if that's going to GameStop to look at, you know, look at the new games, I don't even know if you can go to a GameStop anymore right now with COVID and everything, but, but I mean, find something that, uh, that he wants to do. I mean, if he's into skateboarding and, you know, and there's a skateboard shop, you know, go there and talk about that and let him, let him talk about whatever interests him. Right. I mean, just give him your attention and see if that makes a bit of a change. Typically it will. Does that make sense? Yeah. What would you say, um, maybe you've discussed this before on the show and I haven't heard it. How is your relationship like now with your older children that they're out of the house? Um, it's good. I mean, my, my, like I mentioned earlier, the 21 year old still goes back and forth, um, which is weird, but probably that's more on me now just because things got so bad when he was in high school that, uh, I, I mean, I had mentally prepared myself for him to live here full time, but it turned into such a crap show that, uh, the transition thing just worked better, you know, basically better for me. But I mean, I have a good relationship with him. My middle, my 19 year old daughter, she's, uh, she's, she, I would say she's on team mom because she won't ever come over here and she follows a lot of her same traits of her mom. But I talk to her, she calls me, if she has a problem, she'll ask me how, I mean, it's, it's, it's not one of those things where if I called her right now, she wasn't in school. I mean, if she, if, if she was, well, okay, it's early, so she probably wouldn't answer. But, you know, if I tried to call her at 10 o'clock, as long as she's not in class, she'll, she'll answer the phone and we'll have a conversation, right? It's not, it's not one of those things to where she's ignoring me that she won't ever respond to me. Uh, you know, she texts me every once in a while. So, I mean, I think that even though it's not probably the way I would have liked it, it's still not a bad relationship. And, and with the 15-year-old, it's, um, it's, you know, she's 15, and going through her own issues. And, uh, but at the same time, I mean, we, it, all indications are that we still have a strong relationship. You know, I mean, she still wants to do the camping thing with me and, and well, not so much now because it's cold and, you know, the days are shorter, but, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, there's still, there's still a, a connection there. So that's what I, I just focus on the little victories and the positives and just keep leveraging that instead of focusing and it, and it'd be so easy for every one of my kids to focus on the negative and really highlight that. And that would erode the relationship I have with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I thought it was um, pretty illuminating when you had your, uh, I don't know if she's your new wife or your girlfriend, but um, talking about that dynamic and, yeah. um, do you, do you feel that uh, that relationship helped your relationship with the kids? Sometimes you hear about 
new spouses uh, hurting it. I mean, in my case, uh, with my fiance, I feel it's actually helped the relationship with my kids because they get to see what a healthy relationship looks like. Um, usually, you hear about the opposite that step parents it, hurt the relationship. It's been a back and so it, yeah, I would say it's been a back and forth. I mean, sometimes it's um. Yeah, it's probably like 50-50, right? I mean, because the triangulation is is key or is is significant. So that has created problems. And I mean, and that's probably one of, I mean, not probably, that's kind of one of the main reasons. Well, no, I would say the main reason we don't live together. It's so technically Debbie's my girlfriend. We're not married and we don't live together. And the main reason we don't live together is money, right? We can't, it's it, because of the situation, we can't, you know, she can't move here and I can't move there and we don't have enough money to consolidate and move into another place. And there's a lot of nuances that, that complicate that. So that's kind of forced a situation to where we are in this separate place thing. You know, I, I think in some ways that's helped because, or has been helpful because it makes the triangulation less because it's not, you know, she's not always, Debbie's not always here. So, I mean, if you're in a situation where your ex hasn't started targeting your new, your fiance, you said, well, whatever, your new relationship, then you're, um, yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, that's awesome that she's not doing that. And, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a risk and some, mo probably most of the time it goes to where it actually creates more of a problem. So, but again, it also depends on how you respond to it. Right. I mean, if, if your new relationship is taking all the time and your kids feel like you're abandoning them for the new wife or the new girlfriend, that can create a problem because the kids are already feeling stressed about it. They feel unsure with it. And it doesn't take for, for a covert, toxic, narcissistic piece of garbage human to play on those fears with a child is super easy to do. So like in my situation, I've always made a point that even though you know, if Debbie was here, we were doing something together that I'm still trying to give attention to the kids. I mean, I'm one of the examples we use is when we would go to a movie, uh, we would just say, okay, you know, I would sit next to my two girls. And so it would be like, you know, you know, Debbie, one of the girls, me, one of the girls, and then my son on, you know, what one, depending where it is. And that's kind of the way we would do it. And it was kind of weird. It was kind of annoying. But it was one of those decisions where it's like, is it, it's, we, you know, it's like, is it worth the risk, risk to really drive a wedge? And we made those type of decisions to try to mitigate that. And hopefully you don't have to do that because it was a pain. It wasn't fun. So. Yeah. No, it's been, um, I waited a year, which is helpful. So, Good. um, but I know you're, uh, I know you're running out of time, but I just, again, I wanted to stress that, you know, I think it's really admirable that you took uh, one of the worst things that can happen to somebody and turned it into a positive. And I think it's a, an example for it, your listeners, too, that sometimes the worst things that can happen to us, there can be a silver lining. Yeah, very true. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you know, it's funny he says that because that's one of the things that uh, I'm really grateful for is to be able to turn something that was so, so traumatic, so devastating into something positive, something that's enhanced my life. That's actually also enhancing or helping other people is just, it's outstanding. Um, 
All right, let me see. We are kind of running out of time, but let me see. Moderator Debbie posted a couple of couple of extra extra things. Oh, I wish I would have uh, saw that. Um, but I'll I'll mention this. Let me see if I can find this. Where did Merge say this? Where oh where, where oh where is that? There it is. It says uh, so. Merge had asked, uh, "Is the gent a strict dad? Are the rules in each home different? Is mom mum undermining his parenting in other ways? Natural is to love both parents." Yeah, and and that brings up a, a good point, guys. If you if your parenting style is diametrically opposed to your ex's, that's going to make transition day more complicated. And you're going to have to pick your battles with your kids. I had to do this myself because I knew that if I parented the way I thought, which I would have been the strict, I would have fallen into the strict dad category. I knew that uh, I would have completely eroded my relationship with the kids. And the ex was leveraging off of that, expecting me to do that. And I, it was a struggle. It was a big struggle to, to not do that. Let me see if I can find this other comment that was. Hmm. Bold says, have an instant where person is using our family wizard to post false statements after and during every visit. What, what to do posting false statements about new relationships and targets. Okay. So this is off the top of my head. What I would say is if you're, if your ex in our, our family wizard is saying, oh, this, this, and this happened, just post if, if, I mean, if it's a quit, I, it depend, I haven't used our family wizard in a while, so I don't remember how the whole system works, but, but, um, just, uh, if you're worried about that, you, I mean, double check with your attorney, if you have one, just to, to, to be, make sure you have the best strategy possible and then just post the opposite. Not say you're a liar, but say, hey, you know, transition happened. This is what happened. The kids were fine and, and uh, you know, no issues. Just counter document it. So, and on that, thank you guys for hanging out with me on this Tuesday. Oh my gosh, I forgot to mention, tomorrow, Alex Falcone from The Proper Person will be here to uh, hang out on the show for the morning. So he will be here tomorrow. Uh, I might do some extra stuff tomorrow because it is a holiday. I haven't quite figured that out. But uh, on that, I do want to say thank you so much to the channel members who helped make this happen, who, who clicked the button and become members. I noticed one somebody earlier uh, upgraded their level, so thank you so much for that. On, guys, take care of yourself. Trust your gut going back to the uh, beginning part of this show, and uh, we'll see you here tomorrow. <laughs>